Hey guys, how you doing? This is JP Saricolia coming to you once again with another episode of Age of Heroes, my podcast. Welcome to the podcast. And I want to, uh, first of all, I want to, um, you know, want to say to all the people that live in, in the coastal uh, states and the Atlantic and the Southeast, uh, if you live in Florida, Georgia, you know, South Carolina, North Carolina, I, I wish you the best. My prayers are with you. I live in coastal South Carolina. We are in the middle of a, a mandatory evacuation, so a lot of people are moving out. Uh, I'm still home, but probably waiting to see what happened uh, if I have to evacuate. You know, normally it's something that we do every year here, so it's not something that is new for us. Uh, we get a lot of storms, a lot of hurricanes in the hurricane season. So, you know, you, you prepare for all that kind of stuff. So I might just have to evacuate. So a lot of the content that is going to be uh, presented this week is going to be pre-recorded. Uh, that includes uh, this podcast, but also the podcast on Thursday is going to be pre-recorded and perhaps some other videos throughout the week. So I might not have as much content as I normally do. So, but I want to say thank you to those. And, uh, you know, my prayers are with everyone. Be safe, you know, do the right thing. You know, just just follow the instructions. Stay in tune with the, with the newscast, but also with the information of your county and the state and all that. So I'm sure that a lot of people make preparations for that. But uh, today I want to talk about something that it really, uh, I wanted to talk throughout the weekend. And definitely I yeah, was, uh, it's, it's extremely interest, interesting. And, uh, and it's in regards, so you can see on the title and probably you can see on the pictures uh, on the thumbnail. Uh, definitely something that is, is really come eye. And in regards to not only about the Joker movie that has been, uh, get a lot of got a lot of praise and in France uh, the festival a lot of people praise him very much and there's a lot of critics that have you know praise him really high which is good um, but also uh, some things that really um, sparked that conversation within me that I feel that is necessary to have uh, when I feel that sometimes darkness becomes light or light becomes darkness uh, and I feel that there are times where you feel that what was used to be good now it's no longer good. And what we consider bad or bad behavior or bad actions become the standard that people praise. Now, what I want to say with this is this, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to, uh, I'm too thoughtful about it. Maybe I'm breaking down things too much. Um, I, I like anything that has to do with Batman. Uh, I, I like anything that has to do with the comics. Uh, I read a lot of comics, uh, all sort of comics from, you know, the more lighthearted type to the more dark type. I, I read everything. I, I don't really have a problem reading on a story. Uh, my preference is always with superhero stories, but it doesn't mean that it's the only thing I read. I also read a lot of sci-fi stuff, uh, uh, anything. Normally, I don't have a preference. I don't really like too much horror comics. That's something that I've never been too much into. It's not my type of thing. Um, but I read it. I, like, I almost write everything, you know, read everything. And uh, I, I like comics, you know, it's something that I enjoy. Now, there are comics that I prefer over others, and I, there are stories that, are, in my opinion, are better written, produced. Uh, but to me, comics, have not all, it's only about storytelling. It's all about really creating a story that is compelling, but also it's about lessons. You know, I think comics have always been a story about, about lessons. I think all entertainment should be about lessons. 
it should be about teaching something, you know, giving some understanding. I think that when mankind started at the beginning of mankind, you know, the storytelling was a way to pass that information to the next generation. So they created stories and all those stories, they, they came with a, with a teaching, you know, in regards to behavior, in regards to how to live a good life, in regards to the result of bad actions. And that has been an oral tradition that has what were passed from generation to generation. And storytelling is all about that. It's teaching something, also entertaining people, but ultimately it's about teaching valuable lessons. Uh, but there are also uh, a great emphasis, particularly in modern times, for stories that are a bit you know, darker in tone that go nowhere. And when that happens, um, you know, I feel that we get robbed, or in this case, the audience gets robbed of an important moment. I think that everything in life is about learning. In my opinion, it's always been the case. Learning something. Entertainment has to be about learning. You learn something. Even when you play video games, you have to learn a video game. It's about practicing. You know, when you play, like if you follow my channel this week, I've been doing a lot of, um, um, I was doing a lot of Rainbow Six Siege that I had never really done in the past, and a lot of people were helping me. A lot of kids were helping me. You know, they were these are kids, but they were helping me and they were teaching me something, and I was learning with them. I was learning how do they play. You know, the best way to approach certain things. So you're learning. You're you're, you're being entertained by it, but at the same time you're learning. And every game is like that. You play something, you get better at it as as much you try. And I think that games should be like that. It's about teaching us something and valuable lessons. In the end, we get entertained at the same time we learn something and I, I believe that uh, movies comics and all of that should be about entertaining but also very importantly about teaching valuable lessons now we live in a time where sometimes you know the bad becomes the good when critics tend to praise those things that before were morally deviant and now it becomes the standard that people want to emulate uh, I was never been. I'm gonna say this with total honesty. Um, I never been a fan of those stories that praise uh, villains. Uh, I just don't. It's not my thing. I don't think there's nothing worth uh, checking out in regards to telling the story of a villain. Uh, yeah, even though some villains might be likable, at the end of the day, they're villains. I think they are people that have turned the other way uh, on the upside. They're upside down in their beliefs and their, what they do. They're doing things for selfish reasons, reasons because of or because they are, um, you know, have mental problems or whatever reasons. You know, they do what they do, not necessarily because they care for the people around them. Um, and I feel that, and that's why I, I always we are always attracted to heroes because heroes are those that put themselves on the line. They put all the everything they, they they have on the side and they prioritize other people around them. And that's what they it makes them heroes. They take the responsibility of being a hero. So that's why I prefer hero stories over anything else. Now this Joker movie it's very interesting. I'm not going to deny it that the, the cinematography on the trailers have been good, particularly the last trailer. Um, there's a lot of things that I kind of like about the story. And I'm saying that I don't dislike stories like this. But at the same time, I feel that with all the stuff, it seems to me, based on all the praise of what the critics are saying and the way they present in it, that it's also it's a risky move just to try to praise, particularly in this time and age where we're having all kind of issues, all stuff going on, people you know going crazy and shooting people out. It is a really scary thought to think that what we consider bad um, you know, now becomes good. 
you know, it becomes something that people want to praise. And I've seen already some posts, very weird posts on, on Instagram, on Instagram, on Twitter. I've seen people already saying and trying to praise that. Even I saw someone posted something about, um, that you know this is to this person they say oh this person i identify myself with a joker the same way i then you know like to me this is my black panther like you know like kind of put in the the comparison or trying to make some comparison between how black people feel with black panther now like deranged people would feel with the joker and, and to me that's very scary because uh, to be honest with you it's like you're given ammo or justification to psychos or people that they have mental problems or they think that the solution to everything is to do crazy stuff like this is to give them uh, at least a voice and a platform where they feel understood so you have to be careful i think critics should be careful not to overpraise something to the point that it becomes the standard now as you know for example this is this movie has not much to do with uh, you know in this case with the comics per se they kind of deviated it takes some a little inspiration from the killing joke uh and but it necessarily follows the same path of the killing joke but i can do one thing i've never been a fan of the killing joke it's one of those stories that i to me i feel i think it's always uh, people say that that's the classic joker story they say that they you know in this case alan moore shaped probably the quintessential story for the joker uh, the origin story it is kind of origin story, but it was never created intended with a purpose. It was an elsewhere story that people loved it, but they embraced it to the point that they introduced this elsewhere story into the mythos of, in this case, the Joker. It became the center. It became the way from that moment on everything followed. It really not only affected other characters in the Batman universe. It affected Batman. It affected, um, you know, in this case. Um, bad girl it really affected all these characters and it's been utilized so long so much in so many ways even alan moore has never really praised the story uh it, he they constructed the story and left it kind of wide open uh the killing joke leaves kind of wide open for it's, it's wide open for interpretation you can think that the batman killed the joker or he just laughed with him or you know things like that it is you know it's it's just it's left there for you to really perceive it the way you want it uh and but definitely because of that blank check that was left it has allowed for a lot of people to kind of embrace it as a story that they feel uh compelled to or they embrace that they love and uh, it really has marked the character not necessarily because it was a great story just because it was a very dark story and uh you know a lot of people say well dc has to be dark because this is that and to be honest with you dc was never dark until you know probably a bit in the in the 70s started exploring some dark you know motives and then of course the 80s it became you know strong with some of those kind of like uh, singular stories and those uh, particular series with frank miller and of course alan moore uh so you know you start seeing that even grant morrison uh so, so you seeing all these changes that um, really had affected the way Batman is perceived by society. And today, even today, people loved it. Now, I'm a big fan of the Batman films, uh, the, particularly the Nolan trilogy. I love the Nolan trilogy. I think it's the perfect Batman story all around. Uh, now, uh, my favorites on this trilogy are Batman Begins. I love Batman Begins. It definitely did a fantastic job introducing the character. And I love The Dark Knight Rises because to me it's the perfect ending to the whole trilogy. It was managed good and it was managed, actually not good, it was managed well. It really showcases who Batman is. You see a mature Batman. You see how, uh, in this case, uh, 
Wayne, Bruce Wayne, has changed, has uh, really accepted his his position as the Batman, and how he feels responsible, and he wants to make that ultimate sacrifice, and ultimate, ultimately he made the sacrifice. So I feel that it really encompasses the the personality, the reality, who Batman is. Now a lot of people love, in this case, the Dark Knight, uh, the middle uh, child. And, and they love it because of Heath Ledger as the Joker. And they praise him because of Heath Ledger. They say that Heath Ledger is the best part of the film. And to be honest with you, I don't think so. I, it is my least favorite in the whole thing. Maybe this, I'm going against the, I'm gonna go against the ties because a lot of people love that film. And they love it because of the darkness of the film. Because of the, in this case, you know, it's a film where there's certain, certain chaos uh, that surrounds the Joker. And I've always find it very, um, I wouldn't say mesmerizing, but I find it odd to see that people love the movie because of the villain instead of the superhero story. Uh, and I don't think Heath Ledger was that great in that film. I think he's overrated. I think it, the, the fact that he, and, and sadly, he passed away afterwards. Uh, where there was cause because of this interpretation of the character, he couldn't manage it or because personal issues, we don't know. And I'm not there to judge. Uh, and I'm, you know, it's not my place. But I think people went overboard. The high went overboard to really praise it, the film even more because of what happened, which is kind of sad and and really sad to think that the life of an actor was cut short, not because of the film, but because of the in reality some of the situations that he had to go through as a method actor that really pushed him to the edge, which is really sad that he embraced that darkness for the film and ultimately that really, you know, we don't know if that really affected, but definitely there was some something in it, you know, some type of mental uh, illness or, you know, some depression or anything like that that really caused whatever happens to him in the end, decisions that he made that affected his life. And, you know, sadly, he was a good actor. And sadly, you know, his life is gone because of that. I'm not saying that the film did it. I'm not blaming anybody here. I'm not saying that that was that. But I feel that a lot of people embrace that darkness to the point that um, made the film beyond or more than what it really was when you come to think of it. If he hadn't passed away, would the film be considered the same? That's my question. Would it be considered as good as the other two? I don't think so. Now I want to use a excerpt. Uh, and I want to use it because it really... Um, Found it super interesting. And uh, let me go to this web. And, you know, I'm going to have this. If you're watching the YouTube, of course, I'm showing this. But if you're not, uh, I, I have this on. Um, I have the links for you. And I'm going to Gizmodo. Uh, Gizmodo did a review of the film. It says, Joker is powerful, confused, and provocative. Just like the character. And uh, this is a very interesting review. Uh, and I love some of the, the parts and I, you know, of course I have the links for you. He said, if Joker wasn't called Joker, you never know it was a DC movie. Though there are characters with the, the last name Wayne and it takes place in a city called Gotham. There's little else that distinguishes Todd Phillips' latest film as a comic book, comic book movie. It is a solid, well-made film that ultimately has a bit of an identity crisis. Now, uh, the next paragraph says, Joker isn't quite sure what he wants to be. What it definitely is, is a movie about a disturbed man named Arthur Fleck, played by uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Arthur is a clown for hire who lives with his mother, Penny, uh, from American Horror Story, Francis Conroy, in a powder cake of a city that's just waiting to explode. And without really even realizing the impact his actions are having on the outside world, Arthur ends up lighting the fuse. 
Joker is a comic book origin story with very little comic book in it. I, I, although he's saying that, I think this person that wrote this is not, it's not a comic book reader because he make, never makes mention of any comic book stories that actually this film takes some, some inspiration from. Not necessarily it's like the story, like, you know, page to page translation. It just takes inspiration from. Uh, the whole thing very purposefully feels like a love letter to cinema of the late 70s, early 80s, rather than other dark DC superhero movies like Tim Burton's Batman or Christopher Nolan, The Dark Knight. Using that gritty aesthetic, Philip is much more interested in dissecting what makes a comic book character real than making a real comic book character, and in that aim, he is successful. Arthur is fascinating and endlessly compelling person. He's also terrifying and, for most of the film, sympathetic. Now, next paragraph. In fact, that sympathy is where much of the film fears comes from. This is the Joker. We should not like this person, and yet the movie tricks us into doing that time and time again. We frequently see things happening that aren't actually happening. Information is given that isn't quite accurate. Arthur's point of view is mostly unreliable. And so the film swings you between sympathy and pity of, or, or humor and awkwardness, sometimes in a single shot. Not knowing what to believe and how to feel, is one of the film's most interesting and strongest assets. Undoubtedly, uh, the highlight of the film is Phoenix's performance, which includes one of the best physical and mental transformations he's done in his illustrious career. Phoenix takes Arthur everywhere, best represented by a condition where he laughs when he's not supposed to. It makes for some terrible, uncomfortable moments that personify, personify him very accurately. We want to love Arthur. We want to cheer for him. Maybe we even do at times, but we cannot. The title of the movie tells you where this is going, and it's nowhere good. And I keep on reading. Philip is known for comedies like Old School and the Hangover Trilogy. is making his most complex movie yet with Joker. And though he co-wrote the movie with Scott Silver, The Fighter and Eight Mile, those are the movies that he also wrote, uh, the lack of dramatic experience shows Joker never seems to have a dominant message. The goal is clear. Explain who the Joker is. But beyond that, the movie is uh, chock full of many themes and so many different times. It'll leave you head spinning. Some of the film is about the working class rising up against the upper class. Some of it is about abuse and its impact on mental development. Other parts are about bullying, gun control, the news media, really almost any and everything. If you choose to look at it in a certain way, Joker is a man who unknowingly incites violence and hatred and becomes a leader because of those warped ideas. Sounds familiar? Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> despite being set almost 40 years in the past, Joker is such a timely, malleable movie that almost anything you want to read into it would be an equally valid it would be an equally valid interpretation. However, we never know what Phillips is trying to say among all these different messages. Let me try to read the other one, which appropriately is both the best and worst thing about the film. You walk out of it bursting at the scenes with discussion points. What was real? What was the intended? What was that intended? Why did that happen? And yet, if a movie is about everything, it almost becomes about nothing. There's no real cohesion of what it is or isn't trying to say. No point or message prevalent above all the others. The subtext feels largely garbled and at odds with only Arthur's character arc to hold 
everything together. And even then, because he is such a complex character, it's a little all over the map. Now, I'm going to skip one paragraph. It says, it's always about Arthur, and yet Joker doesn't really have a point of view on how we should feel about him at the end. Phillips doesn't tip his, uh, his hat one way or the other, leaving the sentiment almost entirely up to the audience, which in this day and age is almost irresponsible. Most of the violence is saved until later in the film, and it's spor sporadic, yet intense. Depiction is another way the director harkens back to the films of the past. Phillips uses... Uh, uses um, jarring sounds and quick editing uh, a la Martin Scorsese uh, to amplify the most violent moments. Yet the intended shock value is slightly offset by the film's insinuation that Arthur is even partially justified. Other characters are threatening him. They are bullying him. What choice does he have but to retaliate with a vengeance? And I'm going to leave it like that. There's a lot of great things about this film. Uh, that's according to them. I haven't watched it yet. I'm going to review it when it comes out. I'm going to share my personal view when I watch it, whether I like it or not. Um, but it, it really presents some points that are very interesting. Um, I understand that people are jaded nowadays for political messages and films. Uh, I think people are jaded because they feel that they're constantly... Um, you know, pander, you know, there's a lot of pandering happening in films, particularly from Hollywood, where you feel that you just want to just get out of that. You want at least not to think about those things. And I feel that a movie can be good, have a message without being, uh, you know, without pander, pandering to the audience. And I feel that the opportunity was here to present that. Now, of course, you know, the Joker is not the cause of what's happening in our country with, you know, you know, mass shootings and stuff like that, or the strong violence that we're dealing with right now. But at the same time, uh, the studios have to be careful of the stories that they tell, because we live in a time and age where you have to be very cautious not to really praise one side or praise the other. Part of me likes the fact that it leaves things open for discussion. It's not there to tell people you should believe this or you should believe that. It leaves uh, ample room for interpretation. There's, you know, a lot of ways where you can see this from that perspective. But in saying that, it talks about a lot of issues, but nothing at all in the end. It talks about issues in regards to gun control, in regards to violence, mental illness, bullying, and all of that put it all together. But it doesn't say with anybody or anything. And, uh, and at the same time, you know, you want to train people, but you want to also be careful that the message that comes across is not the wrong message, particularly with the, the young audience, the impressionable audience that is going to watch this film regardless. And uh, a lot of people, you know, particularly nowadays, a lot of, you know, people that have real problems the you know, that they're planning, you know, to do mass shootings and stuff like that. It's like you give them permission. You know, a movie like this can become permission for them to feel like, oh, if this person, if he does it, you know, and creates that and change the, the, the way the world is, you're giving permission to people to do whatever, you know, and, and it's not just one race because it can go either way. It can, it, anybody can apply this to themselves. So that's, you have to be very careful. And this is the important part of, I would say, of being cautious of the messages that we are presenting in Hollywood. 
Although Hollywood never really cares much about it because they can say like you can see what happens, you know, they can say whatever, whatever is politically correct now, they're going to approach it, they're going to say, they're going to praise it, they're going to just uh, up in arms and say all the things about gun violence and all that stuff. But then when it comes about time about situations like this, they praise this type of movies where actually gun violence is technically or the violence is kind of they love it and they praise it. So in other words, they are, you know, wishy-washy, you know, they're this one way and they're the other way. They're never, um, you know, they're not the type of people that they stay in one lane. You know, you have to stay in your lane. You know, that's the way I see it. And that's why I've always have a problem with this type of films. I don't consider this films better than, a, you know, the, you know, in this case, the MCU. People say, well, this is going to be better than the MCU. Not to me. It's not because to me, the MCU is the message of heroes, people that rise to the occasion. It is a different type of film. And I definitely want to watch and I'm going to watch and I'm going to review it. But to think that this is going to be better because he has a mess because he has a message or has a lack of message doesn't mean that it's going to be better. I just feel that it's just uh, putting in a pedestal the idea that villains also are important in our society. Like, okay, if we need heroes, then we need villains. So if you are praising the villains, then what is the problem that you have with the president of the United States, too? I'm just saying. I'm not even a supporter of the president. But I'm saying if you don't like this type of behavior, why you support it on movies? You know, if you don't, if you always criticizing the behavior of the president or the behavior of this other person, why is it that you have no problem with it when you're watching films? That's just my opinion. You know, I'm just saying, you know, what I'm trying to say with this one, I know that we went into many different routes. And to be honest with you, I, I was breaking my head throughout the week and thinking, how am I going to approach this? How can I share this? I just feel, uh, and I just come into the conclusion of this video uh, and this podcast is that we are so complex as people in one way in one side we are pro some things but on the other side we do the things that go against those beliefs we are like that and we have to be careful not to be that type of you know become hypocrites that would be the, the better word just to explain that you know i do it in my life as a christian i have to live a christian life not only because i'm a christian just because i believe in love i believe in kindness i believe in forgiveness i believe in grace but at the same time i have to share that because how can i say that i love god that's what the bible says and i don't love my neighbors i don't love the foreigners i don't love the people that are beneath me the people from a different race then i'm a hypocrite because i'm not representing what god says in the word I don't live in the word. And at the same time happens with this. How can I say, oh, I'm against violence? You know, I'm against, you know, gun control. I'm against, you know, I'm in favor of gun control. I'm against people holding guns. I'm against people on violence and all that. But all of a sudden, I'm praising this type of films, you know, like that, that promote violence in one way. They put the villains as the heroes of the story. And I'm okay with that. So... I'm just being a hypocrite. And hypocrites, you don't have to be a Christian to be a hypocrite. You can be a non-believer and still be a hypocrite. And I feel that we live in a very, um, in our society, in our culture is so hypocritical. You know, it's so, we are hypocrites as a society. Because we praise what we praise. We forget one thing. Right now we rise in arms because it's the next thing. You know, it's part of the social justice war. Social justice warriors. We want to talk about this subject. But one that's forgotten. What happened in Texas is forgotten. We move to the next thing. And we move to the next thing. And it's all about how we're going to be offended next thing. It's the new thing to get offended to. 
and we become a society of snowflakes. You know, we all are, you know, we all are, whether you are Republican or you're a Democrat, you know, we're in a society that people are, the people that criticize other people, like I always see even on Facebook, people say, well, I don't like these people, this young generation, uh, millennials are this, millennials are that, millennials are that, and they could you're always talking bad about the millennials. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you're doing the same thing. You're complaining about millennials. You talk about they complain too much, but you complain about them. So ultimately, they're a reflection of who you are because they are the, you know, they're the generation that we raise. They follow us. So we're not any different than them and they're not any different than us. You're just the same. So all those things we have to consider. Now, I'm not saying do not support the film. I'm not saying don't watch the film. Now, my only question is, you know, you have to put everything into perspective. I want to watch the film. I really do. I really want to watch an origin story for the Joker. And this is what it is. Although it's not really much connection with that. Which is sad because definitely DC didn't really care much about creating a universe. Um, like the MCU. But um, but I want to watch it. And I'm going to watch it. But I'm never going to. Even though I want to watch it. This movie is never going to be, in my opinion. Even if it's a good film. It's never going to surpass any other that I consider in the superhero genre. Because ultimately this is part of the superhero genre. Um, and it's not going to be better. It's just going to be entertaining, but not better. But I want the stories also to reflect that. And I think that's a lesson that needs to be learned. If a film doesn't have a message and if it's too broad and too open and too, you know, too open for interpretation, then it means nothing. In my opinion, it means nothing. And that's what I like about the MCU. You can say all you want about the MCU. People say, oh, the MCU is this, people this and that. But there's always a message in each film. And then that's what I love about it. That's what I like about the last one. In this case, the Endgame, Avengers Endgame. To me, that was a powerful message to see that ultimately Tony made a sacrifice. The, the ultimate sacrifice. And that's what I like about the Dark Knight Rises because ultimately Batman makes a sacrifice. They make the last call in their lives to do what's right. And that's what I want to hear. And in this moment where what's happening is important that at least the filmmakers and the studios are careful not to send the wrong message, particularly to the young generation, that it's okay to be the range. It's okay to let go everything. It's okay not to really look for help. Yes, it's going to criticize some of the aspects of the health system that we have, mental health and the way we perceive it. And that's important to point those out. But it's important that a film is, you know, straight to the point to go into that message. Now, I haven't watched the film, so I cannot really stay, tell. But according to some of the reviewers and according to some of the stuff that I've seen so far, I noticed that there is a pattern. And uh, and now, of course, you know, I'm going to be prepared for that pattern. Hopefully, it's not like that. And hopefully, I can, you know, share the same uh, uh, as everyone else that the movie is good. But it doesn't matter if it has good images. You know, it doesn't matter if the cinematography is perfect. It doesn't matter if the acting is good. It doesn't matter if all of that is good. It ultimately there's no message in between there's just empty it's an empty shell you know it might be a beautiful shell but it's an empty shell and that's something that i think movies should have they should have meat and potatoes with that you know it's not about just how they look it's about if they have the proper nutrition mental and emotional for the you know in this case the viewers for the audience but that's just my opinion what is yours i would like to hear it so once again, I want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, again, we're this week, in this week because of the hurricane, we might not be available, um, but we, we're going to continue on. We're going to have some pre-recorded uh, podcasts uh, for Thursday, but um, you know, stay tuned. So once again, my friends, God bless. Take care, and if you uh, have to evacuate because of the hurricane, be safe. I'll talk to you again. Bye bye.